Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire podcast. I am Julie Anderson, aka Brain Lady Julie, your host for this show. And I am excited to bring to you a friend of mine, someone who we have been saying, we need to get you on the show. We need to get you on the show. <laughs> For, for really probably several years uh, because it was way before COVID that we talked about doing this. And so we are, I am really excited to have our guest, Kathy Peek, with us today. Kathy, welcome to the WE Show. Thank you so much, Julie. It is such an honor to be here. And uh, hopefully whatever I have to say will be a, of benefit to the women entrepreneurs out there. I have no doubt it will. No doubt at all. I'm confident. Um, let me just for the viewers, read them a little bit of your background so they get a feel of where you're coming from and they'll understand why you are a wealth of wisdom, especially when it comes to the financial world. So let me let me read read the the professional bio. <laughs> Thank you. So, Kathy, we, Kathy Peake graduated in 1980 from Mary Wisconsin College in Virginia with a BS in chemistry and a minor Mary in Washington College. Washington. Sorry. Was Mary Washington College Mary in Washington Virginia. College. Sorry. <laughs> no, thank you for correcting that. Um, with a BS degree in, in chemistry and a minor in math, and she went on to teach in school chemistry in following college and she left i like this this point she left teaching several years later because it came too too dangerous and they weren't willing to pay extra for the hazard pay <laughs> so there's a story there we want to hear yeah. um along the way the true entrepreneur at heart she has owned and grown several successful businesses then 20 years ago she became a designated fi independent financial advisor complete with series 663 65 and insurance licenses using her love for teaching and passion and combining that with the financial understanding she's grown successful businesses then 20 years uh, um she's go she's grown that into successful businesses and she created the money mindset my money adventure workshop to educate others on basic the basics of becoming financially successful so no matter at what age stage or level you're at you can understand the financial steps for you now and that's what we're going to be talking about today for this financial steps for women but mm -hmm. she also offers web-based programs for kids and teens called financial freedom to learn the basics and fun in a fun and hands-on way. And I love that. We want to hear about that some more too. Mm -hmm. Kathy's years of experience as a business owner, mother, teacher, and advisor have made her a respected resource, both personally and professionally. She has come to see herself as an investor in people's dreams, helping them to articulate their ideas, realize their hopes, and fulfill their ambitions. Her passion is working with single moms and widows to help guide them to make informed decisions about their future and feel secure and confident. Kathy, there's a lot more. She's worked with eWomen Network. She's been a successful um, managing director doing that. She also it has the systems for women for professionals and entrepreneur and is a longtime mem uh, mentor there. She has two best-selling books and a collaborative book that was published in the summer entitled Empowering Women with Words, Life-Changing Conversations. What a beautiful, beautiful title. And on a personal note, Kathy says she has been married and divorced enough times to know better. <laughs> She's a very proud mother of three adults and the grandchildren of five, ranging from nine years old to four-year-old twin girls. She has lived in nine states around the 
around the U.S. And but she plans. She, she always comes back to Tucson. <laughs> she shares her home with one rascally pug, a beehop, who manages to keep her life interesting and fun. So that is Kathy. Again, Kathy, Woo! welcome to the Women Entrepreneurs. Well, thank you. My head keeps getting bigger and bigger. The more you read, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I love the fun. I love the way it's written because you infuse fun in that. And there's a lot of a lot of stories in that. So let's kind of just to to get to know you a little bit better in your own words. You started out in teaching Mm -hmm. and going from teaching to the financial world. That's a pretty, pretty different. I mean, two very different paths. What made you give us a little insight on what what had you make that jump? Well, I. And essentially teaching practically um, <laughs> all my life. My mom was a teacher. Um, as a kid, I would set up all my stuffed animals and I'd name them and I had a little grade book and I'd teach and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, just playing. And um, after I graduated from college, I didn't want to go on into the world of chemistry per se, but I wanted to do something that was useful. And so I kind of fell into teaching. Um, I had uh, somebody contact me about a job that they, they needed in an emergency at a private uh, high school. Um, they had to fire the, the previous chemistry teacher because all he did was play Rubik's Cubes. Now, you remember those Rubik's Cubes mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and um, just wasn't keeping up with his responsibilities and the kids weren't learning and, you know, parents are going to pay that kind of money for private education. They want to make sure that they get their money's worth. So they were really looking for somebody. And, um, you know, I've enjoyed kids and um, I was two years, I think it was out of college. So I was not much older than the kids and <laughs> you were that I was actually teaching, which was a little strange, but um, I just learned so much from it. The part of it that I didn't enjoy was setting up all the labs and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it, in the world of chemistry, you, you have to be very careful because you mix the wrong things with the wrong things and boom, <laughs> um, or it produces a gas that can actually kill you. And um, I was so tired one day, I forgot to mix, um, I think it was, I forget what it was, but anyways, it produced a gas that should have been under the the vent and it wasn't, and it scared me. And um, so I had to be a little bit more cautious. And then the other thing that I found was there's about 18 kids in the class. That means 36 little fingers and hands, uh, 36 hands with all their little fingers and trying to corral them because they're smart enough to think they're smart enough and they're not smart enough to know. (laughs) know They don't don't have that prefrontal cortex quite going on yet. Yes, yes. Yes. They're smart, but they don't understand necessarily that if you right. mix A with B, C is going to happen and C ain't good. Right. <laughs> and then you've got Bunsen burners and you've got all of these other things that can go wrong. And I didn't have a lab assistant. It was just a little old me mm-hmm. with all those kids. And so I put in there, 
they weren't willing to pay me hazardous duty pay. So, um, I Got left it. that. I left that. Um, I started having children and was out of the workforce for many, many years. I uh, divorced and was looking for something because I had kids that were still in school and I wanted to have something that was flexible. And I did some temp jobs were really fascinating and enjoyed those. But um, I just kept praying. And all of a sudden I saw this ad, which attracted my attention that said, you know, six figure income possible, um, manager position, um, flexible time, whatever it said. And I was like, oh, but it didn't say what it was. So I went in for the interview and found out that it was about uh, becoming a financial advisor. Mm. And um, there were two tracks within this particular company. You could either go. Uh, the managerial track and advise and be a manager of a group of, of advisors. or you could go the sales route. And then that was, you know, your primary thing that you did. You didn't manage people uh -huh. anyway. So I literally did not know the difference between a stock and a bond. When I went in for that interview, um, I was in my forties and had never really known much about, um, the making, the keeping, the investing side mm -hmm. of things. Um, I was married to a, a very successful doctor and they have very wonderful personalities, but they're a little bit like Dr. God and they know more than anybody else knows. And um, I just got a little tired. It's longer story than this, but right. I got tired of being the child in the relationship. And um, so when I divorced, I had given up quite a bit and um, I was looking to fulfill a lifestyle that I had become very accustomed to. Mm. And um, so wasn't looking for a part-time job at, you know, Kmart or something. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, so this was very interesting and it seemed like it had an awful lot of potential. And so I thought, hmm, okay, God, let's do this thing. So um, I, became, I began my training just after 9-11, as a matter of fact. So it was uh, December of 20, uh, two, 2001, mm -hmm. figure out where I am, um, of 2001 that I actually became licensed. They had a whole program to teach you how to get your license and how to study. And then you have to go in and do all the licensing right. and pass all the tests and do all of that. And then um, you have your series six um, and 63, which means that you can do business in any state, but you have to register in that state. Gotcha. So, um, so basically I had my securities license and then, um, then became the opportunity to go out and find clients. And that was a whole nother set of skills right. that, that I had to learn. So that's basically how I ended up in the financial realm. And it's been very good to me. I have, um, I'm in my 20th year now, going into my 21st year and um, have, you know, raised my kids and, um, enjoyed it. Yeah. What I really enjoy is the people, my clients yeah. are, um, 
I kind of specialize. Not all of my clients are in this realm, but the, the ones that I really love are the women and especially uh, single moms and widows because they're kind of like deer in the headlights. They've been through a trauma. They've um, lost in a lot of cases the person who handled like I did, I lost the person that handled all the financial stuff and um, didn't don't really know. And unfortunately, in our business, not all men are like this, but the majority of advisors that are men um, tend to direct rather than teach, explain, yeah. listen, all of that. And so they take your assets and they essentially tell you what you're going to do with them and um, how they're going to do it. And I find that women respond a lot better understanding, having an informed decision about where their money is. And I try to explain enough so that they can make that informed decision. And I can yeah. do it from the realm of, I was there at 40. Right. <laughs> I didn't know the difference between a stock and a bond. And most, most women unless they were raised in a family that really talked about that kind of thing. Um, most women, unfortunately, don't. Yeah. And I think, you know, you went on to do so much with women entrepreneurs, and I know you're still uh, members of, of women's groups and e-women mm -hmm. network and, and different ones. Now, mm -hmm. I have found in my years of coaching and consulting with female entrepreneurs, and I know this from my own personal experience as well, that, finances is not what we necessarily want to focus on, right? We want to focus on making those connections and, you know, just helping the people or selling our product mm -hmm. or our services. Like we get so focused on that, that we don't always think about the end game or right. where we need to be at financially every month so mm -hmm. that we can have an end game. So we can have a business that we might sell one day. So right. with that, I wanted to talk for a few minutes for a lot of the listeners. Mm -hmm. What are some of the main things or the top things that women in business, like what are our female entrepreneur blind spots? Mm -hmm. Let's start there. And then how do we, why do we have to have a plan? And what does that plan kind of look like? So what's the, what, what's the blind spots that okay. women entrepreneurs oftentimes don't or oftentimes have? Well, I think women in general, but especially women entrepreneurs, two things come to mind. Number one, um, there's this someday after I get my business going, someday I'll deal with this someday. Mm -hmm. And they get into this someday-itis and all of a sudden they're 50, 60 years old and it's like, uh, I think someday's here. Um, so when women entrepreneurs um, need to learn to pay themselves first. Mm -hmm. So the first step for anybody is to start. And here's a fallacy that most people think. They think that they can't start small. They think that they have to save like $10,000, $20,000, dollars to begin to invest. And that is completely wrong. You can basically start with $250, $300 um, in a mutual fund. And I'll explain a mutual fund in a minute. But start with that and then yeah. set aside $50 a month 
at a minimum um, by paying yourself. And so this is where I start teaching the teenagers once they start a job to put in the good habit of set aside mm -hmm. that money, um, as, you know, in the beginning. So they get their paycheck. They take, I say, 10 percent of that or fifty dollars, whichever is greater, mm -hmm. and um, set that aside, put that in um, a mutual fund typically a Roth mutual fund, um, or I'm sorry, a Roth IRA inside yeah. of the mutual fund. So a Roth IRA, for those who don't know, is very similar to an, in an individual retirement account, an IRA. But a traditional IRA is um, the money that you put in there, you deduct from your income or and you don't get to pay as much. So in other words, if you make $50,000, you put in 7,000 because you're over 50 or 6,000 uh -huh. under 50 and you don't you only pay, you know, say 46, 40, 45, 46. With an entrepreneur, you have a lot more deductions and that kind right. of thing. But that's kind of what a traditional IRA is. And you keep putting that money in and as it grows, eventually that money comes out. Now, with a traditional IRA, all the money that comes out is taxed. With right. a Roth IRA, you don't get the upfront deduction, but you do get all of that money that continues to grow, all of that money, the money you put in your principal and the growth of the money um, comes out at after 59 and a half tax-free. Yeah. And that's money that does not have to be taken out. There's a minimum required distribution. It's now been up to 72 that you have to start taking money out of your IRA or your 401k. But mm -hmm. you have to start taking that money out because the government finally wants their money back. Right. And, <laughs> so, but and I, love, I love that you talk about starting it young because yes. what and this is i'm i was the same way you know we didn't my husband and i didn't really start investing until probably 10 years ago and even then it and, and the only reason why is because when we started looking at 50 years old going oh we don't really have a retirement but if you start when you're young if you start in your 20s you will be mm -hmm. a multi-millionaire right. like you that compounding have... interest is crazy yeah it's and crazy. you don't have to start big you know, if you say to a kid, you have to start putting in $400 a month, they're going to look at you and go, right. But, you know, I I would rather start somebody slow and yeah. sustain sustainable every single month, month in, month out, $50, $100, whatever works inside of your budget without changing your lifestyle. And I would rather have somebody do $100 a month or $50 a month every single month no matter what, like a bill that you pay. Right. And it is, it's you paying yourself, you paying your future self so that in the future you have mm -hmm. that money set aside. Right. So now with a small business, mm -hmm. what do you suggest? Do you suggest that they put a chunk away for the, put a, a certain amount away for themselves and then also a certain amount in some kind of a business flooring account? Well, Something. there are several, several ways you can go. And it's kind of like asking a doctor, do you do this? So mm -hmm. specifically, 
sitting down with a good financial advisor and finding out what your goals are, how much money that you've got to um, invest on a monthly basis. Do you have employees? Do you have enough money that you want to shelter some money? And um, so you just need to figure all those things out along the way. So there's a couple ways you can do it. If you're the only employee of your business, you can do a SEP IRA, a simplified employee pension, and you're considered an employee of your business. It can also be um, husband, wife kind of thing. If, um, if you're both employed by the business, a lot of times one of them's more the behind the scenes partner and one's the front and the face of the business. So uh-huh. you can do a SEP IRA. You can do a solo 401k, um, which is, you know, a different type of plan. It's more for a solo entrepreneur. Uh-huh. Um, if you have three or four or five employees, you can do a simple IRA. It stands for Savings Incentive Match for Employees um, IRA, Individual Retirement Account. And why that's so great is um, you can, the business has to match up to 3% of what the employee puts in on a yearly basis. Um, Let's see, two out of three years. So if there's a rough year, you don't have to match. Um, And um, it's, you know, it's a little bit more technical than that, but you can start slow. You can start Mm -hmm. small and 3% of somebody's uh, money that they put in, it's probably not a lot of money. So a simple is simple. Now you have a very large business and have over 50 employees, then it might be worth it to do something as complicated and expensive as a 401k. Now, one thing that people may not understand is that a 401k comes from the tax law, where you find it in the tax law, section 401, letter K. That's how it got its name. So (laughs) and then government employees have 457s and 403Bs and, you know, all those kinds of things. Some businesses have defined benefit plans, but there's, but the essence of it all is that you have to start someplace. And as an employee, I would set aside stuff as an employee and then whatever you pay yourself as the business owner, then I would set that money aside um, in a Roth IRA if you meet all the restrictions and everything for that so that you really have a blending so that at retirement, you'll have, be able to take money out non-taxed and money that's taxed and you can adjust it each year so that you pay less taxes and that kind of thing. Yeah. That's a long explanation. (laughs) Sorry about that. No, 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 that's fine. So with the, with the, with budgeting for a small business, how do you suggest a woman approach a female, a woman entrepreneur approach that? Because like I said, in the beginning, we, a lot of women get so focused in, so we've talked a lot about the retirements and what you would do with the, the mm-hmm. employees, but what about the day to day 
financial running of a business. How do you suggest that a, a female entrepreneur get comfortable in looking at her numbers on a weekly or a monthly? Like how often mm -hmm. do you think they should do it? And mm -hmm. what do you think they should know? What do they need to know to see happening in their business, to know that their business is heading in a positive direction, in the right direction to be successful, or mm -hmm. that maybe it's not, and so they need to make a tweak? Well, first of all, you have to sit down and look at all your fixed expenses. And the fixed expenses are if you're renting a place, um, if you've got telephone service, if you've got, you know, just all of the things that have to be paid every month. Mm -hmm. And then you take a look at, um, and I would say at least twice a month, if not weekly. Um, I know a lot of women, on. I do it on a Friday morning um, just to kind of wrap up the week to see how things are going. And, um, you know, just take half an hour or so to kind of fill in the blanks. And there's lots of programs that you can do, I still do it on an Excel spreadsheet. I, I love those things It <laughs> for me. I can put columns, I can uh -huh. put notes in there. There's all kinds of things that you can do, but um, just simple Excel spreadsheet, find what your fixed amount is. So let's just say it's $2,000 a month that are fixed expenses. Um, that includes, you know, uh, marketing, um, mm -hmm all of the other things that you do that you run your business on. So you need that kind of money. And then anything else that's beyond that, of course, you have to pay taxes on that money. So that money needs to be set aside someplace to pay taxes mm -hmm. quarterly and all of that. But then also you want to see how much profit you've made. And out of that profit, you need to um, really look at how much of that do you want to set aside in your simple IRA, your SEP IRA, your own Roth IRA, it doesn't matter. Um, one other thing that I do with smaller offices instead of doing a simple is just come in. It's just a matter of bookkeeping so that their people are actually have their own accounts, but that money comes out of their paycheck on a monthly basis mm -hmm. and goes directly into their own account. So if they leave that business, it's their money. The simple IRA is their money as well, but it carries some other restrictions. With right. It. Right. So is that kind of what you're asking? Yeah. It's, it's just, I find that women don't track, right? right? Because like I said, we get into this, just the day-to-day -day inertia of just being in business that we don't stop. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, they look at the credit card slip and it's like, whoa, there was a lot of money going out. So mm -hmm. I like the fact that you said, you know, weekly, you kind of take a look at it. Um, right. I know that that monthly I have to kind of recheck everything that's automatically getting drawn out of my account and go, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't right. need this service anymore. I needed it once upon a time, but I don't need it now and I need to cancel it. Right. Well, and balancing like your checkbook is a lost art because so yeah. much, much of it's digital. But, yeah. you know, in the beginning, um, just really kind of keeping track of your numbers and knowing what to do, when to do it. Um, and I, I typically don't suggest um, in the very, very beginning, maybe after a year, um, they get a credit card, mm -hmm. um, you know, being on maybe six months. 
being on a cash basis makes you much more aware of what's, what's going on. And it's so simple to take your American Express card out and let it do its thing and then come to the end of the month and go, whoa, I didn't know I right. that much. <laughs> and, um, you know, yeah. getting a credit card, savings in the bank. Credit cards are great if you're going to pay them off on a monthly basis. Right. Um, and, you know, having good credit is essential for a business. Um one of our mentors always talks about getting a good reputation built with a banker. And yeah. I found that that's a really great thing. Um, you know, going in, getting to know them, taking in some information about your business and who you are and what you've done and what you hope to, to build and why you're special and getting to know them. And then, um, you know, they're looking out for you and you're looking out for, you know, how they can help you and then right. getting a line of credit eventually and all of those other things. I'm more in the investing side of things. Right. I don't, I don't do a lot of money management coaching, but I can only speak from my own experience. And what I can say is number one, you have to start, you have to start someplace, start small. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have 250 or $300 saved up, Start with $50 a month in a savings account every single month until you've got that. And then, you yeah. know, you can, you know, keep that, keep that up, but something every single month. And the nice thing with mutual fund is if you do have a really bad month or several months, you can stop it for a period of time mm -hmm. and then pick it back up again. But cool. in order to really invest well, you have to use dollar cost averaging, which means month in, month out, no matter what the market's doing. And can I mention that really quickly? Yeah. Um, a lot of people are like, ah, freaking out about, you know, the market being down. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yet all women love a sale. That's, guess, uh, that's the way I look at it. It's a sale. It's, it's, a time. A sale. <laughs> it's the time to get into the market. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's that's where the rich really, really understand how to play mm -hmm. the market and how to invest. It's like going yeah. in and milk's on sale. You can buy three gallons now for what you could buy one gallon for. Exactly. Not anymore. But right. it's kind of like that. If it's on yeah. sale, then buy extra, freeze it. And um, then, you know, later on, you don't have to pay the extra price. Yeah. Yep, so, definitely. I, I agree. You have to switch your, your mindset on that. We're going to talk about that on another show. Yeah. <laughs> All yes. right. Well, Kathy, obviously, thank you so much. You have been just a wealth of, of information on all those technical things. But for a lot, there still might be a little confused. So they might want to connect with you. And they can do that by going to your business name is the Peak Financial Group. Yep. And you can they can find you at TP Financial. Uh, dot, net. dot net and then they can their email address if they have questions for you is kathy k-a-t-h-y at tpfinancial.net and for those of you who are listening to this as a podcast then you can uh, go to the show page at women entrepreneurs podcast network.com and you can find all of her contact information and how to stay in touch with kathy for all of your financial and your financial needs and 
understanding this 401k and all of those different different I, things. I love to teach and I love to answer questions. So you can go to my website, whether you're a client or not. And if you have a question, I'll do my best to, you know, take, take care of you. And um, if I know somebody in your area, I can certainly refer them. And I'm registered in four different states and I can expand that if there's enough reason to do that. Got so, it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And all of the little ticker tape there of all of her, all the ways you can stay in contact with her on social media. So once again, Kathy, thank you so very much for being oh, on the Women Entrepreneurs it's been a pleasure. Podcast today. Thank All right. You, and for those of you who um, want to stay in touch with women entrepreneurs, remember it is all plural women entrepreneurs extraordinaire.com. We are currently re we're just redoing the entire um, website. Hopefully, by the time you're watching this interview, the website will be up and be absolutely beautiful. We also, if you have any desire to be on the program, or you have a, a thought like you're a female, you're a woman in business, and there's a topic that you need to, you're like, I'm really confused about this. Julie, can you talk to this subject? Whatever that is, send us an email at info at extraordinaire.com and put help in the subject box and we will get you information. We will do our best to get that on the show or connect you with an amazing, because we have met hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of amazing business women over the years of doing this podcast and of being in of the women entrepreneurs extraordinaire being in business. And so we can connect you to some very dynamic individuals. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram. We are we w e dot extraordinaire. We'd love to have you follow us there. Again, you can join our Facebook group, Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to our group liaison, which is Kelly, K-E-L-L-I, at WomenEntrepreneursExtraordinaire.com. And stay connected with us. We have monthly networking events. We have workshops. We have all kinds of things that you can connect with us and just expand your business mind and your business itself. So with that, I will wrap up this show. And until next week, I want everyone to go outside, take a nice deep breath, and simply enjoy every moment. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.